Are you hoping that will open doors for other hot idiots? <laughs> what are you cackling at, fatty? Too much pie, that's your problem. Hello, and welcome back to the critically acclaimed Sigma Male Swagcast with me and Jack. Uh, we are live, and we are gay. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the swag, the fag cast. We're going to call it the fag cast. The, the gay, gay ass, uh, the gay ass fag cast. What's up? Welcome back to the gay ass fag cast with Jack and Charlie. I'll be gay soon once we're uh, defending Ukraine from Russian aggression. Yep. So that's that's the big story of the day, right? We got Russia it's a, is it's a flash flag, flag fla- false flag operation. False flag operation. Yep. That's uh, I don't know. I don't think it is. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> and I I'm having to uh, to eat my words because I, I I was telling a lot of people that. There was no way Russia was going to invade Ukraine. And so I was wrong about that. I mean, I've been... I was the one who told Mitt Romney back in uh, 2012 that <laughs> Russia the, was the biggest threat. Yeah, during the, the debates when uh, when yeah. him and... Uh, the, the 80s called. They, uh, they, they, want, your, uh, they want their four, four <laughs> balls back. Who's laughing now, Barack? Yeah. Oh, the Cold War is over, Mitt. Uh, God War's over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it's not over. I don't know. I just I didn't think. I mean, I, you know, I, I I know Vladimir Putin's a, not a great guy, but I just I didn't I didn't think he was gonna do this shit. I thought that all this was just the same people who are saying that Russia rigged the 2016 election, which is complete bullshit, right? Like. Like an, like that was an enti- entire fabrication. So I was like, all right, well, this is just the same thing as that. But yeah, dude, it's it's so funny though. I watched, I saw this CNN article yesterday that was just like Trump sides with Putin and yeah, claims that he's quote genius <laughs> as Biden <laughs> tries to stop the war. <laughs> like it's like CNN, you are just the worst. Yeah, it's how insanity. how dare you say that? Yeah, it's insanity. The, how how like ha, to have the blind audacity to just be like the form? Yeah, we get you didn't like the former president, but you can't just be like he's siding with Russia. That's <laughs> like that's like the most damning defamation you well, can make I about mean, a, dude, a United States president. More than more than he's siding with Russia. When he was in the White House, they were trying to say he was not just siding with Russia, but a Russian. Agent, agent, a secret yeah. Russian agent that infiltrated America by being a celebrity for 30 years and then running for president. They were like, oh, actually, this whole time, he's been a fucking Russian spy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so the level of horseshit that they're pushing, it's it's like, it's, uh, it's right to be skeptical when they're like, Russia's about to invade. Um, but fuck... But fuck it, they did, you know? Like, they fucking did. <laughs> Me and my brother... I been- mean, the the only 
I think just the biggest threat is just if China and Russia team up. Team up. That yeah. could be real bad. Yeah, because even when you look at it, I mean, R- Russia has a lot of military power, but they have the same size economy as Italy. That's they have the same. Well, yeah, I mean, most most of Russia's land. I mean, it's like Canada, where it's like right. Most of it is just uninhabited, ice, uninhabitable. frozen tundra. And I mean, that's probably why Russia wants to claim back some of that sweet, sweet Ukraine land. Yeah, I guess maybe, but I I don't know. I mean, um, well, that's the thing. the The media is not going to educate us on the. They're not going to actually get the American people up to speed on what's actually happening. They're just going to like literally be as vague as possible, yeah. and then just like literally just propagandize and just right. be like. The, yeah, Trump sides with Putin. It's yeah, like, Putin's can you Hitler. guys tell us what is actually like this? The purpose of news is to fucking tell, like, investigate and fi- and find out, tell the people the facts, the background. Because right now, everyone's just like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, like, well, I've been I've been listening to a lot of interviews and discussions about about it for for weeks now. Because because Neil Neil and I, my brother Neil have got into a bit of a a tiff a uh, spirited debate him and I, him and I because he he was telling me that you know Putin is a madman bound for world domination and that the US has to jump in and and save the world from from the madman Putin and I was like you're crazy it's not going to happen but I was wrong so, you know, I I have to fucking admit that, but here's what's going on, okay? There was a there was a coup back in 2014 where the CIA and other and other people basically overthrew a semi-Russian friendly Ukrainian government who was, you know, about par for the course in that region. They're an insanely corrupt uh, you know, cronyist kleptocracy. Yeah, yeah. That's who. That's who was in power. So it's not like they were good people, right? <laughs> like the the revolutionaries, they had some points, okay. But then we backed a bunch of people who, a lot of whom were were literally neo Nazis. So that's an interesting thing about the 2014 coup that the the good guys were, you know, not like not like how people not how like journalists in this country will label you a neo-nazi if you're against abortion i mean like they (laughs) their symbol is is it's not a swastika but it's like a derivative of a swastika and so um so like actual neo-nazis so that's who we backed and then so all right so then they they started just right off the bat just being very hostile to russia um starting with they tried to kick them out of their military base in Sevastopol, which is like um a, a town on the crimean peninsula so russia has this military base that was on the crimean peninsula and it's been a russian military base for literally 300 years like mm-hmm. every iteration of russia has had this military base right so when the soviet union fell and they let ukraine be a uh, an independent sovereign country part of the deal was okay we get to keep our base at Stavetsopol right so 
this new Ukrainian government comes in, they're like, all right, fuck you guys. You got to get out of your military base. And Russia was like, uh, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. And so the Ukrainian, uh, the new Ukrainian government was like trying to expel them from their base. And they just, it's not like that. So, so that, that whole incident is always presented as a invasion, right? Russia invaded and took over the Crimean Peninsula. When really that's mm-hmm. not the case. They have this huge military base on the southern tip of the Crimean Peninsula. So when the Ukrainians were like, get out of here, they just walked outside with their guns and they were like, uh, no. <laughs> that's all that happened, right? Um, it wasn't an invasion. It was a, it was a refusal to evacuate. Um, their military base. So that's what happened in Crimea. That w- that was not an invasion. Um, so basically, there's been you know low level fighting in the eastern parts of Ukraine, the Donbass region, where um, you know a bunch of local pe- uh, areas and and um, you know communities of people who are it's about seventy percent ethnically russian people in the whole donbass area so they're they're like they're much more sympathetic to the russian government than their own government at this point because their own they're, they're the the ukrainian government is pretty anti-russia you know mm-hmm. um and so these these regions on the east side of the country like they're they're basically russian and they're like we kind of like russia we don't yeah. really like the western influence that our um, current government is is adopting you know um so that's sort of what all this fighting has been for and it's been going on pretty consistently for the past seven years yeah and and i and i heard something else i'm gonna just vaguely paraphrase it but basically like 25 years ago when nato and the un were like redrawing the lines uh-huh. of like the russian borders and stuff that like basically kind of russia lost land that they felt that they had a claim over to and and basically that land apparently is like what they're trying to reclaim because yeah i mean it doesn't seem like russia's trying to it's they're not they're not germany in the 40s they're not trying to like take over the world they're trying to like reclaim and it's and i I don't know much about ukraine but i mean do what what do they speak are they basically speak russian and it's like uh it's so it's it's sort of it's split um like uh what do they speak it's not it's not russian russian it might be like a dialect of russian that's sort of distinct but most of but a lot of their um their population is ethnically russian and speaks russian yeah yeah so um especially when you talk about the crimean peninsula was it was it like what was it like people during the soviet union they would kind of like if they fled russia they would like to you know avoid stalin and and like basically just leave the whatever they would go probably to ukraine right well ukraine was part of the soviet union so so until the fall of the soviet union that was all just under russian control and it's been under russian control for periods of time throughout history i mean and and what, what was it called what was it called before ukraine um it was called 
It was called <laughs> Ukraine. It was just a. It was a republic within the Soviet Union. It was like okay, a state. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it was yeah, like a okay. state of the Soviet Union. Same with and then when, same with uh, Estonia and you know Moldova and all of these countries yeah, in, yeah. in that whole area. Belarus is another big one. I mean, Ukraine and Belarus are two of the ones that are like those are basically Russian. And and the funny thing is, you know, you ever meet somebody from Belarus? I, <laughs> Nope. <laughs> you talk to him you're like you're like oh this is just a russian motherfucker <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean like like it's so funny how for most of most of the past you know since the fall of the soviet union right since the 90s for the past 30 years you meet somebody who's Uzbekistani or who's belarusian belarusian or who's ukrainian and you're like oh so you're fucking russian right <laughs> Yeah, yeah. and now that russia's like russia's like hey we don't want these countries to be part of nato we're like these countries have a right to be the independent <laughs> whereas if you had asked an american you know five years ago uh, uh you know where's ukraine it's like isn't that russia isn't that just like part of russia yeah. <laughs> that's like most people's take but all but of this I mean- is clearly it's what it's, he doesn't want the land he he wants the buffer zone between russia and the western sphere of influence okay and he had that he had belarus and ukraine um are you know sort of this sort of neutral in between zone between russia and nato right and so then we wanted to bring ukraine and belarus into nato and he's like that's sort of i think what's motivating this i don't think he wants the land i I don't think that's what it is um and i think he's just kind of he's dipping his toe in the water to just see how you know what what the the fallback is right right i th- i think because because yeah because we're just like the western western leaders right now are just real weak and yeah. pathetic no. and yeah i think that i think it's all I, I mean they're talking a big game but i think it's all talk and i think so i think really yeah i think maybe all he's trying to do here is sort of um is sort of like basically scare everybody so that he has more power at the negotiating table because yeah. I, I don't think he wants ukraine i don't think putin is trying to reunite the soviet union i think that i think that he, you know he just he doesn't he just wants to be taken seriously and everybody's sort of um i mean dude we we've been messing around in kazakhstan belarus and ukraine our uh, like our influence and and obviously all of these countries have dictators who are um who are sympathetic to the russian government so again they're not good people you know like like that's not we shouldn't be supporting the current governments in these countries but like when we are messing around in these countries you know funding and arming rebellious elements of these their population russia's gonna have a problem with that and so i think that's basically what has triggered all of this and i think his end game is not to actually take over these countries but just to be like hey if i want to this is my neighbor this is my next door neighbor you're gonna you're gonna fuck with me on my own border like i i will go take over this country you're not gonna ship a thousands of tanks over here from america okay i'm my tanks are here 
right? So fuck, like, like just re- recognize, you know, who, who, it's just, yeah, it's Ukraine. It's the fucking Ukraine. It's basically Russia. All right. Like, like, why do we think we have the right to it more than Russia does? You know? Like, yeah. Like we want them to be a, a sovereign nation, but like, it's really far away from here. You know? Yeah. And it's, and it's, it, but it's, but that's another thing. It's like what Russia should just be like, we believe Ukraine has weapons of mass destruction. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the fuck does the U.S. have any business saying, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, we we be, like we call we call like Yemen a war, Syria a war. Lem- yeah. I mean, it's a fucking goddamn invasion. It's, it's a like, fucking yeah. It's an a military fuck. It's a genocide. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fucking genocide. Yemen but is it's a like, genocide. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Dave, Dave Smith was talking about that. Where it's like, yeah, we what we've done in Yemen and like just fucking drone striking them to death, dude, and and just. <laughs> fucking yeah it's it's unbelievable but i mean the thing about the u.s is just from a global standpoint is like man that atlantic ocean man that that is a savior it's, it's awesome. like i i couldn't imagine living in europe because it's just like so close. many different cultures and and countries are just all on that same block of land yeah yeah no doubt. like could you imagine could you imagine if like Arkansas was like Russia, yeah. Like they were, or, or and then if like it was Afghanistan, more like more more yeah. like it. If it was Syria, if fucking yeah. if so, if fucking we lived in in New York and Missouri was Syria, yeah, <laughs> right. That was that's and, what and, that's more like the analogy. Yeah, right? but it's like, but I mean, we just have to play. I mean, whatever happened to the good old War War One, where it was just like. United States was just fucking making major moolah on just like yeah, just, just being the manufacturers of, of these military, <laughs> just like send them planes, tanks, whatever. Yep. That's the that's the totally the move. That's totally the fucking move. Which, but I also mean, an, to an, an interesting, but to an extent though, that is sort of what's happening. I mean, we're still we're still the supplier of the world for weapons and 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 shit yeah. and and what's what what's happened is it's we are our, our, that sector of our economy has had so much power ever since then that they basically start their own wars to, to sell both sides weapons i mean that's the problem with that right like yeah. it's like right like that's what we where it's like the united states will literally will literally um arm our enemies and then we'll bring a separate army to fight the people that we just armed. A hundred percent. And then fucking the people who are the military contractors and military manufacturers, they just, they play both sides. And I mean, that's, that's the thing about the, the United States government is like our democracy has fallen so far from like, like an Athenian meaning of like what a democracy actually is. It's like, now it's basically the, uh, there, there's that great Frank Zappa quote where it's like, politics is just the entertainment division of the military industrial complex. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. And 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 uh, to another it's reality, extent, also the also the pharmaceutical yeah. industry. Yeah, basically the politics is just run by pharmaceutical and yeah. military companies because the profits in that. Because because that was one thing I've always thought about in history is like, okay, when Rockefeller was like ascending to power and just like had God's amount of money. And then Teddy Roosevelt was like, all right, I'm going to stop this and and use use government 
policy to like you know stop stop your monopoly blah 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 and then rockefeller his his green light was just like i'll just fucking buy the government yeah i'll just buy you guys yeah i was just yeah. like i have enough money to just buy you like yeah. and then his sphere of influence has penetrated literally the rockefellers were behind basically the pub public education system mm-hmm. they were behind the feminist movement and literally the feminist movement was just a way to basically try to destroy the nuclear family and make people more dependent on the government. And additionally, the biggest thing about the feminist movement was that now the United States government could tax women. Yeah, because exactly. Before that, they couldn't yep. tax women. Yeah, you, and get, now, you, get two, and now, you get two incomes per household, so both of those are taxable. And then you get a nanny that's being paid to take care of the children or daycare. So then yeah. all the people who work there, you get a cut of that too. So basically, yeah. instead of one income, you're now getting three pieces of three different incomes that and are it's taxable. Like, and, it's, and it's also just unfathomable that like, you know, back in like the 40s and 50s that a minimum wage milkman could ha- could support a, a, a family of three. Yeah. Where it's like, there, there was a new thing that... Um, there isn't a single state in the country where someone working on a full-time minimum wage job can afford a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, there's there's no way. It's impossible. Yeah, and and, and that's another thing is like now that women entered the workforce, um, it basically the the supply and demand of of the of work basically made it so that our purchasing power completely diminished because now there's the workforce doubled. So, yeah. you know, there's, I don't know. Yeah. But so so yeah. supply and demand, you just, you have twice as many people working then the value of a worker is half the, half the price. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, that's a good point. Um, yeah. I was listening to Jordan Peterson last night and he was saying how he thinks that there's this weird, this weird sort of lie out there where it's like, um, you know, cause he's saying, you know, look, not all women want to have kids, but a lot of women want to have kids and everybody, and, and it's like all of our culture is just so, sort of like convinced in like, in, in like, uh, you know, hell bent on convincing women that the only thing they should care about is their careers. Which yeah. is just, it's bizarre. Why would that be the case? Why, why is our culture determined to convince women that he said he said here's the here's the three lies they tell him they say number one uh you know your career will be the most important thing to you your career should be the most important thing to you and your career i don't know he said it in like three steps it's like it's like your career can be or your your career you would be happiest if your career was the most important thing to you or something like that yeah it's like like why why do you think it's that simple you think it's just extra tax revenue i mean why is it that- yeah no yeah no it yeah no it's so it's so bizarre in the sense of just like yeah he talks about that where it's like um uh he, he, the example he always brings up is like uh a, a you know what a really smart woman who's like at, who's been making a's since like middle school high school becomes a lawyer right and then by the time she's in her like early 30s becomes a partner Mm-hmm. And then realizes it's like, I'm literally working 70 hours a week and I have more money than what to do with it. But then it's like, now what? 
Now what? And right. and now you're at that point where it's like, you know, in your early 30s, it's like, you know, you have a small window of time to, if you do want kids, like, you know, you better start trying to prioritize, like, I don't know, meeting someone or just like starting a family. But yeah, no, that's, that's one of the most amazing things is like, you know, for, I guess when I was younger, I would be like, it's like, yeah, I don't really want kids. It's like, I want to just, everyone who says they don't want kids, they're just like, all right, what are you going to do? I'm going to just travel. Yeah, it's like no, you're not. That's that's the <laughs> that's another lie. Is like it, if you don't have kids and you just work full time, it's like you still only have that fucking whatever twelve days of vacation a year. Yeah, and you're yeah. What, what are you gonna? So yeah, okay, you're gonna go, go one to, vacation. You're, what you're gonna go to Paris for four days and yeah, once ooh, I a ate year. a baguette. Yeah, yeah, I ate a baguette. I'm gonna go drink some but wine it, and eat a baguette. Yeah, compared and it's like it and there is like I was I was thinking about where it's just like it really is like. As a human, it's that like the it's so important. What are we here to do? To have kids. What like, are we to, what are we doing here? What are we here like, to I was, do? Like I was thinking about um What is life? life? What is yeah. life? Life is shit that makes more shit, right? Isn't that what yeah, yeah. life is? It's just yeah. just <laughs> But I was thinking about like like uh the the like Reese, Reese and his family. It's like uh-huh. he, he has he has eight brothers and sisters, and now kids. and now they have they you know the um Reese's parents probably have double digit grandkids now, mm-hmm. and it's like what else are you gonna do like when you're that age like in your late sixties seventies? It's like of course it's like you get the most joy out of being like holy shit that's my kid's kid. Yeah. It's like. And I'm going to like fucking take him to get some ice cream. It's like versus it's like, what you want to be the fucking president of the, you want to be the social media director at some who cares, whatever. And you're just like, you know, you're just like the, you're just the hot or well, not even the hot. You're just like the, the rich, you know, aunt who's a semi alcoholic who just drinks wine all the mm-hmm. time. And just like, doesn't really have hobbies. Doesn't have a husband just kind of like, that's what you want it's like okay it's like that's what you want then then cool but yeah uh, yeah um yeah no i was thinking about i was thinking about like like being oh but oh sorry sorry just to jump in but like one thing one thing that's cool about right now with covid is like the way that work from home shit is now it's like Uh i think a big thing that was like robbed of kind of the baby boomer fathers was like of that they had to work all day and then come home and then like have, you know, two or three hours before they have to go to sleep. And they spend that two to three hours probably eating dinner, maybe watching a TV show or mm-hmm. chilling with their kids. But it's like now what's really cool is like the idea of like a dad being able to like hang out with their kids a lot more. You know what I'm saying? It's like, sure. um, and also like, cause that just balances the, because for the longest time it's like, I totally get the thing where it's like, the 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 husband or whatever like is the breadwinner he like he works all day but then the the wife is like taking care of the kids and then she kind of grows resentful of the kids because she's constantly with them all day sure she's not necessarily making an income but now it's kind of like both parents are making an income and both parents get to like hang out with their kids so then therefore it's just like more balanced in that sense where yeah i think think that's kind of i think that's a i think that's a nice evolution versus like because when I was growing up, it was like, yeah, I mean, my dad was worked all the fucking time. And, and j- also also he was traveling a lot. So yeah. it was like my dad I could too. tell my 
I could tell my mom was my, I could tell my mom was kind of resentful of like not resentful at us, but like she in her, in the back of her head, she I could always tell like she wondered like if she was still working full time, like, you know, what she if she could have been like the vice president of some company and sure and stuff like that. Yeah. But what's nice is like that's actually you can have your cake and eat it too, or it's like you can be the mom, but then also you can have you have time to actually like raise the kids too. Yeah. Yeah, work, no, the whole the whole factory worker um, nine to five setup is just fucking stupid. I mean, that's yeah, really I mean, it was just, it was set by Henry Ford yeah. basically because people were working too much, and he was like, if people are working so much, then they don't have time to buy things. Yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, yeah, like nine to five, you you, you know, you can get your work done. In less than that amount of time, you're taking a shit, you're drinking coffee, you're doing all yeah. that kind of stuff. And if, I mean, I think that the ideal situation is you you get it to where you don't have a nine to five and you can spend time with your kids because you gotta fucking spend time with your kids. It's yeah. just required. But so I, so I was sort of thinking yesterday, reflecting on my my previous notions of like freedom and and how like oh if uh you know. If, if a relationship isn't perfect, I'll just bail, try again, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. like, how, you, like you, you always, you always hear people like, um, like married men just being like, Oh, you know, I wish I could have the freedom to do X, Y, and Z. And I, yeah. I always remember thinking like, that's just fucking stupid. Like if that's, if that's how you feel, then just fucking get divorced and move on with your life. You know, like don't, don't fucking like, but when really got, married guys shouldn't talk like that. They really should. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's but that that kind of person is the same person who, as soon as their wife is like, yeah, I mean, it seems like you don't really want to be together, blah blah blah, and like you're, you know, you're hitting on other women, blah blah blah. It's like I don't think we should be together. And then they're instantly like, no, I want you back now that you want to leave me. Yeah. Um. Now I totally now I totally find you attractive again. Yeah. It's that kind of like loser mentality. Yeah. But- well, I well, I just sort of, I sort of, my sort of uh, breakthrough is that like the realization that like you know, you can leave, but but you still you shouldn't leave. You know what I mean? Like like just like you do have the freedom to leave, but you should also. It's okay to feel like oh, I wish I had this freedom, but also I'm gonna stay because that is the right thing and the thing that I ultimately want to do. Yeah. But you should also just shut your fucking mouth about. Yeah. No, it, it, it also also is just like that, that there is something particularly disgusting about like that selfish parent who's just like they literally have like two or three kids and they're like young kids. And then it's like, oh, uh, I'm going to I, I, I want a divorce. I'm just not happy. Yeah. It's like who gives a fuck about <laughs> your happiness? It's like you're a parent and like you have responsibilities now. And it's right. just like accept the burden of, of being a parent because yeah. you you went through it willingly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I think maybe that is the baby boomer generation as well. The sort of, you know, they, they are just a selfish, narcissistic generation of people that they, they were sold sort of a sex in the city you can have it all and you don't need to compromise anything. You can have all the joy of parenthood without any of the compromise. And, mm-hmm. and that's sort of, I think that's what a lot of, um, I think that's why a divorce became so, so common in this yeah, and I, generation. 
And another thing is like I was thinking about like cheating is so fucked up in the sense of like totally because cheating isn't only just cheating, it's also that you become just a, a liar. Mm-hmm. You just become like a deceitful, like your wife will be like, What are these texts from? And then you just like constantly are lying. And then you just become like a sociopath where it's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with like what Patrice O'Neill had with his girlfriend, where it's like just be, it's like if you want to if you're if you're married and just be like, listen, honey, it's like I really want to sleep with someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's like I, I haven't done it yet, but I just want to let you know that I'm having these urges. And then be like, it's because to me, it's like the the also most disgusting thing about it is like most people who just like cheat, they're they're like, it's like, I'm not doing anything wrong. But then if their partner cheats, they're like, how could you do this? Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, if you if you want to step out, you have to give that equal chance to be like, it's like, listen, I want to sleep with other people. Like, do you, are, do you have any interest in like, you know, having that conversation before you just like. It's like, oh, I haven't been happy Fuck in a while. That's why, cheated, that's why I've cheated on you for two years straight. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're a fucking clown. It's like, it's bad news. Yeah, if you, yeah, there's nothing wrong with being in a, a polyamorous relationship, but it's like the problem is the fucking deceit and, right. and just being a liar and just like right. every day you just live a lie where it's just like clearly right. your wife suspects it because there's no way. And then it's they also that know. that 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 uh psychopathy of being like oh i'm so much smarter than her right. it's like she'll never catch on to I'm like so my shirt slick my shirt smelling like perfume and like yeah. you know it's like yeah i've i've got herpes 10 times yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've got i've got chlamydia six times yeah i was like i, don't I know, mean the, honey it's weird the, i must the, be getting it from the toilet seat yeah uh, the absolute perfect <laughs> example is is uh tony soprano and yeah yeah. Uh, well, you, you know, I've never actually watched The Sopranos, so I don't, I don't know. You should be ashamed of yourself. I know, I know, I should. And but, uh, not to mention, you should, you should prioritize that in your life to to watch that series. Yeah. Well, I also think that polyamory is not cool. I'm gonna go ahead and go on record as saying it's not. I'm cool, cool with it, but it's, but it is better than lying. I mean, really, it all comes down. Well, to wait, what's what's your beef with polyamory? I just think that it's, I think it's, it's gay. <laughs> I think it's uh, just not cool. Like, I think that it, I think it's a, I think it's a, like an empty sort of a, uh, uh, harebrained scheme that it just never works. That like, that like, like it's, it's, it's like we want it to, we want it to be the way that things can go, but it just, it's not, it's just not the fucking way things go. It's people. Well, no, I think feelings. I. People, no, I think. Yeah. But that's the thing about a polyamorous relationship. Like, if it's a guy and he has like two wives, and simultaneously those wives also are like bisexual. Because that's yeah. that's an interesting <laughs> thing. Because like, if you do have a kid, it's like you have three parents instead of two. Yeah. Well, it sounds awesome in principle. I mean, it sounds awesome in theory, but I don't. I don't know, man. I think. I think we're. I think being tied rigidly to tradition is a bad thing, but I think that throwing out tradition entirely because because you don't want to be tied to it rigidly is stupid as well. I think that there's certain <laughs> certain pieces of tradition that 
that have utility. It, it, you know, it's it's almost like um, you ever hear the 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 phrase people say, "Don't tear down a fence until you know why it was there." Yeah, yeah. That you know that phrase. I think uh, I I think tradition has sort of a, a similar sort of thing about it, where it's like, don't throw out a tradition until you understand why it was there and are, you know, entirely positive that 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 utility does not exist any longer. You know what I mean? Well, no, I mean, I when it comes to to like sex relationships, it's like that's that's where I'm like probably one of the most like libertarian mm-hmm. uh, unless it's like, you know, the fucking pedof- pedophile shit. Right. Um, because it's just like you you have if you want to fucking date a car Doesn't you can date a car it's like if you yeah if, if if it's consenting and it's like that's what you love it's like people love sports and people love you know you know there's no reason that like i don't know you just can't judge any type of like what, what what someone's into i disagree i think you can judge it i think that no, you can judge it, I but you don't have a you don't have a right you don't have a right to be like that shouldn't be 100%. allowed in society. A hundred percent, and that is the libertarian. You can judge take. it. You can, yeah, of course you can. You can judge anything. Yeah, yeah, of course. I don't think the libertarian take has anything to do with your feelings on a topic. I think it's all about the legal ramifications of somebody doing something that doesn't hurt anybody else, right? So it's like, like, yeah, exactly. like there's no way that a libertarian would ever say that something should be illegal that is ha- happening between consenting adults. But that doesn't mean you're not allowed to have an opinion on it, right? Oh, yeah, you can have an opinion. Yeah. Right. And so I think... I and, think you're, and, you're, and also your opinion is just that you don't participate in that kind of relationship. Right. Yeah. It's like, or, it's as simple as that. Or I, in my opinion, I think it's better for people to not do that. I think I think that sleeping around a lot seems fun, but it's ultimately a bad thing. Does that mean that I think somebody should be thrown in jail for being a, a oh, well, promiscuous? Well, you're, okay. Well, I think I think what I think that the difference is when when I'm saying polyamorous relationship, I'm saying three adults that are that that don't sleep outside of that triumvirate. I think cool. I think it's yeah yeah but like it I think cool. I think what you're talking about is like you know you have a a husband you know you're married to a woman but both of you just fuck whoever you want outside of the marriage whenever right. you feel like it. That I think obviously is gonna lead to um, issues. I think the down other the road. I think the other thing sounds like it could get really sticky pretty quick. Also, yeah. but relationships themselves are sticky. I, I just you know it's just. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm. But just there, a there was a recent, there was a recent Harvard study that said um, the most successful relationships in the United States are uh, cuckolding men, who are. Nah, I'm just kidding. Okay, good. All right. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, that better not be true. That, the most healthy relationship is to watch your wife get railed yeah, by some guy. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad that that wasn't an actual study because I was I was gonna dismiss it offhand as being <laughs> some horse shit, but uh, but I didn't even want that to be yeah. the the argument being made. Yeah. No, no, but I watch I watch this hilarious channel on Facebook. Called, I think it's called Love Is Blind, and it basically just kind of investigates weird relationships, whether yeah. it's like 
a 60 year old guy dating a 23 year old girl or whatever yeah i think i've seen the the, uh, the, the screenshot I, I think i've sent you the, some i think yeah. i've sent you some yeah the, and some of them are the just five so... guys uh that are in love with one woman that, that yeah one, uh, that one's yeah no, there there was one where it's just like two two vamp like adults and they just like drink each other's blood <laughs> oh my it's god just like, it's like god damn y'all <laughs> Look, okay, so that's that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. All right, should it be should it be legally permitted? Yes. Should I choose to voluntarily to not associate with those fucking weirdos? Yeah. Also, yes. I, and and, also, you know, and also, also, I'll associate with some weirdos, but like also, that's fucking no, no. Also, a good example was that um, I, I remember I heard this story where it was like this hotel was um. Oh, there was like a fur, a furby or furry convention, whatever yeah. it's called, furry. Uh-huh. And basically, the furries were like trying to go, negotiate with no, no, like negotiate with the hotels to like leave bowls of food for them, <laughs> like as far as like the room service, and then also just like areas for them to like shit that weren't right. like toilets and stuff. And yeah. it's like it's like yeah, okay, that's that's taking a little yeah. That's it's taking a little far. I mean, that's it's up to the hotel, but if it that, if that's my hotel, I'm saying no. If that's my double tree, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> if I'm the manager of this La Quinta, uh, <laughs> you cannot shit on the floor in the lobby. I'm sorry, uh, but I respect the right of of a different La Quinta to yeah. uh, to allow it. You know, that's really just it. All comes down to just that. It's like. Just everything should be permitted, but that doesn't mean nothing should ever be judged or that there should be no shame. You know, it's like, it's like, I don't, I don't like shaming people, but like, I also feel shame when I do something shameful, you know, and I think yeah. that's how it ought to be. You know, we, we just, yeah. Shame isn't so much like, well, I mean, our culture has moved so forward into a mob mentality where it's like, I think like we we make people like on a public level like hug the cactus too long where it's just like there's already social like Louis C.K. for instance. It's like sure. if you're going to fucking convict him of some sex crime, just go ahead and just do it. Do but it. it's like uh, he's he's been out of the game for seven years at this point or yeah. some shit like from and the, it's just like at what, top, at what point from the top yeah. of the mountain to underground and there's just no like. I've I like I I'm that's why I'm a big like um okay tell tell me what you think of this where it's like the the criminal the criminal justice system in our country is like okay basically um the corporations that make these privatized prisons work in conjunction with our judicial system to basically you know raise the number of criminals that get housed in prisons and like I saw a thing where it costs like $70,000 a year to house a, a, a prisoner yep. in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So that means that someone is getting $70,000 off of that person. Yeah. And um, I've always thought that like that the idea of like, you have a debt to society where it's like there, there it's just not just that like you, you just send someone to a prison and it's like, all right, their punishment is like, they just have to play solitaire all day and like read a book and, and play basketball. But it's like, Oh, but it's so horrible in prison. But it's like, I think it's like a debt to society should be like, they, they should have to either like work for free Mm -hmm. and like, there's literally like, this is your debt. 
Like, yeah. Um, and you have to pay it off. So, so my question is, I think if, yeah, what, if you were the, the judge, if you're the judge, jury and executioner, what do you think would be the just punishment for Jeffrey Dahmer? Um, just, uh, just death, death penalty. I mean, I'm, I don't know. See, I see I, I'm against death penalty, but like, that's almost one of those cases where it's just like you fucking there's just so there's just no doubt you know that's the only reason i'm against the death penalty is because i'm against the ability of our system i'm doubt skeptical of the ability of our system to to establish guilt in an effect in a in a way that's that i'm confident in but like you you know the uh you know the, the kid dylan roof that kid yeah, yeah. Dylan Roof, like I feel like you know that sort of situation, like he's just it, there's no doubt, right? Like he's the one that did it. Yeah, but but like my argument is, so what Jeffrey Dahmer got was like nine life sentences, right? Which basically is that's not a thing. Like yeah. you have one life. You it's have just one like life. you. So my my thing is like. I think for like a guy like Jeffrey Dahmer, it should the punishment should be medieval shit. Yeah. It should be like yeah. rip like, his dick off slowly. Like rip rip every one of his limbs off by like <laughs> four horses galloping yeah. in the other direction. And then just like you put him in a box and people like throw rocks at him until he just like dies. And I think I think that would be a, a more just punishment, but I think that um I think that I would have to say I think I'm going to have to fucking morally high road you and be like, no, we're a civilized society. We need to even, even the most heinous of our, our criminals. We, we don't, uh, we, we don't respond in a way that's like uncivilized. We don't torture. I think we need to stop torturing even, you know, prisoners of war that, you know, in Guantanamo and shit, no torture, no heinous punishments. I, f- I feel like we need to bring back exile. I think that's really what we need to do. We need to start. We, first, first we need Dude, to. You can't do exile for Jeffrey Dahmer. For, no, well, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. You can't exile that guy. So wait, wait, what's, what's your answer? Death penalty? Death penalty. Just like, just what? Like liquid yeah. injection? Put him out. Painless. Just, just, just get rid of him. Don't don't make a big deal out of it. See, that's don't, not don't make me, a, that's don't make an example not, of him for that's other not people. Just, just well, because I agree. Later, I agree. Because okay, okay, so here's here's my argument. I agree. Is it's that just. I think justice would I be think, for him to have a, a drill drilled into his head, acid poured into his head, and then for him to get fucked as like a sex puppet, like he was trying to do for. But okay, here's here's my argument: is that I think. The reason that we've had so many like school shooters or just like serial killers and stuff is because just I think like ultimately the like they're cowards. Yeah. And it's like they they see that the punishment is just you go to jail or it's like you just die. It's like that's that's not enough to just like deter them from doing it. But like I think if like they in the back of their head, like they knew it's like if I get caught for this, I'm going to get tortured. Like yeah. slowly and painfully. Yeah. So, so the like, I brought I think- up Dylan Roof is because my brother, I, I was having this conversation with my brother and I, I said that I don't think we should have the death penalty. And he said, I think we should have things that are worse than the death penalty. I agree. And yeah. He said, he said, he, he said he thinks that you should, we should rig up a contraption 
that where he's tied to a wall and then the contraption slowly pulls his penis off and that it's 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 live streamed on a webcam to the whole country yeah. so they can see it Neil happen Gibson. while 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 it's happening he gets it. yeah yeah so that, i agree so that not only is it not only is it incredibly painful it's also like a humi- humiliation um involved as well and while i see the utility i see the utility i think the the deterrence of that type of punishment is so much higher than just lethal injection or locking somebody up for life or you know i i just i think that there's a bigger problem with what that does to our society if we instate that type of punishment i think this is what how our society is the fucking guy ate 18 people and fucking killed them and molested them that's terrible that's terrible but that's I the think society that, we live in what 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 do you mean no has, that's not what, the society what'll do to our society in. that's not the society we live in that is a, a a very rare anomaly within a society of people who is mostly polite decent folks and and so when when we all have that sort of thing on our on our hands that that blood on our hands I I just feel like it's just that's the devil, dude. That's that's all I can really say is that that's yeah that is Satan. We can't we we have to as a, as a, an entire group we have to be the ones that take the high road. We have to say, look, th- this guy deserves something worse than death, but that's all we that's all we can justify to our as uh, to do is to just we got to get rid of this guy. He's bad news. He's a, yeah. you know, it's just, it's a broken, it's a broken toy. You just fucking, you just, you just take the batteries out and throw it in the trash. You know, you don't get, you don't get upset. And that's almost like a female. Um, I feel like, I feel like that's a female impulse. That sort of like that, that revenge thing. When guys act like that, they're acting feminine. Nah, nah. I think. I think so. I think that I think that pacifism. Don't try. Don't try to Jordan Peterson and, up this argument. I think. I think the high road <laughs> is the manly move, because nah. because if you're strong enough, you can just you can just always it, take it, the high road. It ain't about strength. If you're strong enough, you can always take the high road. Pacifism is something that is afforded to. Okay, Charlie. Charlie, if your if your son was killed, molested, and eaten by someone. And you hear that they go to jail and then you see, oh, this guy's just playing solitaire <laughs> and eating eating white bread with some awful, you know, baked beans for lunch with a fucking Kool-Aid. Yeah. You'd be like, I'd be very upset. Yeah, because that's how you have to look at it. Like, that's justice. It's like the parents are the ones who we owe the justice to as a society. Yeah, I would agree that that, that it's it's. uh yeah, that's who's owed. But then the again, the the most the most uh, I guess the most holy thing to do as the parents would be to forgive Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer. Yeah, so. that would be it's the best. A, thing. It's a it's an interesting. It's incredibly. It's it takes an incredible amount of strength to do that. Yeah, but I think that would be the the ideal thing is to to be able to you know mm-hmm. the only reason I think that the only um the only function of a criminal justice system is just to minimize damages 
You just the, that's all you really can do. You can't you can't undo damage, but you can you can lock away you can take somebody out of society who is going to potentially create further harm. That's really all that you can you know um aspire to do at, if you're a you know the part of the criminal justice system. That's mm-hmm. but and, and and you know it's just I don't trust the system itself. So like I don't I I don't want to empower them to start torturing people because I don't think it's going to only stop at the guy who um Yeah, it's a slippery slope. I could see that. That's the real that's really the thing that I'm I'm worried about. It's like it's like, you know, how much more likely is a somebody who's like actually very like creating an actual strong opposition to government? to be subjected to the worst punish- punishments than somebody who's actually some psych- sort of psychopathic killer. I mean, that that's that's not who they're most concerned with. They're most concerned with people who are anti-government. So, And I'm anti-government, so I, I don't want to... I especially don't want to yeah. give them the power of torture. Um, it's, like, it's like the whole spying apparatus, right? Like you think, oh, well, that's only for terrorists. So we don't have to worry about that. It's only for terrorists. Yeah, everything everything they use on the enemy will yeah. be used on the populace. Yeah, of course. All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, switching gears. Yeah. Let me tell you about this Jeff Foxworthy show. Okay. All right. So at the punchline, it's so hot, and they make the strongest cocktails ever, like yeah. just pure vodka. And um, I, went, I went with my folks and Lee – and Where'd you guys he had, sit? Oh, dude, we had like straight, straight up dead center, and he was probably eight feet away from us. Nice. Like I would, I would argue best seats in the house, um, just because I don't like to be front row. Front Very row. front row. Yeah, yeah. Right in the yeah. middle is pretty nice. Because I'm telling you, the f- the people in the front row were a foot away from him. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's too close. Yeah, and. And um, so he had an opener and she she did all right. She did probably 10 minutes. And then Jeff Foxworthy comes on. Who was and it? Who dude, opened? Was it uh, Blonde it was Girl? girl. Uh huh. Blonde Girl? Blonde Girl. Catherine Blanford? She talks about moving to. She married a dentist and moved to Cobb County. She used to be like a. She's hot. <laughs> hot blonde girl. She's a horse girl? Horse, horse girl. girl. Um. Blanche. Could be anyway. Yeah, I think it was probably Catherine Bland. Uh, that that yeah, I think I think that name's right. But anyway, um, Jeff Foxworthy he does an hour twenty. Yeah, that's, and dude, that's awesome. Thirty thirty seven years of 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 stand up experience, dude. His it it was just like it was one of those things where it was just like the fundamentals of like what it is to be a standup everything he was doing was just 10 out of 10 like the yeah. skill it's kind of like when you watch like a really good like jazz guitarist yeah and they're just like doing all these chords and but the the utility of motion they're just like this like yeah they're barely their moving their are, hands and, and they're just doing like yeah. the most complex shit just yeah. doing like and you're just like this guy is clean yeah like clean and <laughs> and jeff foxworthy Everything okay, so like one of one of the comparisons was like his opener 
like with stand up it's like you could when the when the stand up is like you know under 3 years of experience and you can kind of feel that nervous energy like when a joke doesn't land and they can tense up that makes like the audience tense up and then the audience is kind of like uh but Jeff Foxworthy hour and 20 minutes straight the pacing the just relaxed nature of just how seamlessly he went from bit to bit was a remarkable feat to watch. Uh-huh. And I'm not kidding. An hour and 20 minutes, he flubbed three words. Wow. And and by flubbed, I meant like um uh I, I went to if it was like I went to PF Chang's, he was like, I went to PF uh, Ch- Chang's. Like that that's what like yeah. he did that with three words. Yeah. Wow. And, like no ums, no like it was it was just that's insane. So incredible, like an hour twenty. I gotta see him. I wonder if he's and do a to- like a tour. I, yeah, I think he's. You think he's doing like uh, resorts and stuff? But like, God, dude, I'm so glad I got that ticket because so it was cool, just man. like seeing seeing someone of that level. Like, and and he said that he started at the punchline 37 years ago. That's wild. And yeah, and it was. Oh, dude. And and completely clean. And he's so like his his bits are so like it's one of those things where it's like when he's doing uh, like a long bit like he had he he probably had like a 15 minute bit about like passing kidney stones. Oh, goodness. (laughs) And just like how like how visual all of his bits were just like in your head like you could see exactly what he's talking about just in your head where it's like i grew up and there was uh the phone like if you wanted privacy you would have to like blah blah blah. and you could just picture it like every single bit it was like a movie like in your Uh head it was like it it was seriously mind-blowing like it's just a a, like a master class of stand-up yeah yeah it blew it like it just blew it blew my mind how tight it was, how yeah. clean, yeah. just no fat. Everything was trim, dude. It it's was like, like in an hour and twenty. And and also had had little moments where he ad libs some stuff and the ad libs are on point. Like it was like one of the best ad libs was it was super hot in the punchline. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, all right, uh, I can either end it here. I can tell you one more story, and and everyone was like cheering and stuff. He's like, "All right, um, well, j- you can put another log on the fire." <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, and it was like, "Yeah," just talking about how hot it was. Uh, and yeah. they just told the and then closed with the funniest bit, uh, the funniest story about getting locked out of his hotel room butt naked, um, and like knocking on Larry the Cable Guy's door and like having to like find two empty pizza boxes to like cover up his private parts and then like go to the reset. Like dude, it, it was damn. Now I want to go see him. Dude, it was, it was incredible. He's like, in Jackson, Mississippi. Maybe I'll drive down there. Oh dude, it was, that's pretty cool. I, yeah. I cut dude. And, and for 25 bucks, it was just like <sighs> a $25 ticket to see Jeff Foxworthy eight feet in front of me yeah. for an hour and 20. He's so cool, man. He's really, yeah. He's just so cool too, you know. Yeah. I, I I got to meet him one time at um, I was actually at a wedding and he was there, at uh, you, you know the the Van Bevers. Yeah. You know the Van Bever family. So uh, Reese is the well, like Carl. Carl, yeah. Carl's yeah, little yeah. brother 
uh reese the middle the middle kid there's three boys the middle one reese is um he got married and he married some like really like rich pretty girl he nailed it um but i mean like crazy rich like you know friends with jeff foxworthy type of you know atlanta socialite rich kind of people so jeff foxworthy was there and i couldn't help myself i had to go up to him and say i, I do stand-up comedy he was so fucking cool about it i was just like <laughs> i was just like i've been doing stand-up for four or five years now or whatever and he was like he's like that's so cool you know i hope one day i get to pay to come see you perform that's what jeff foxworthy said to me hell yeah like, i was like oh my god <laughs> I and he meant so it too. I, he seemed like he meant it. Yeah, yeah, dude. He's a he, he, man. Just, he seemed, yeah, he seems like just a flat out like good great, great dude. Dude, yes, genuine, like just like, cool, but like cool in the best way of cool. Like, like, yeah, nice guy, genuine. Yeah, that that was pretty awesome when I got to meet him. Yeah, my my parents also got to um, one time. They were at this. Um, when the when the Olympics was in Atlanta, my my uncle was working for Turner at the time, so he had all of this like inside, just tickets to these crazy things that were going on these these you know these events these. Yeah. Di- it was a dinner with a bunch of important people from Atlanta, and um, my uncle TD and my dad and my mom all got to be um, at the dinner, and they were they got sat at the same table as Jeff Foxworthy. And so they were sitting there at the table just eating dinner and they said that Foxworthy was just just start to finish through the whole dinner was just holding court and just just everybody was listening to every word that came out of his mouth and he was just he was just funny and charming and just the yeah. coolest guy. So more evidence that Jeff Foxworthy's just the fucking man. So Yeah. Um awesome man. Well you wanna you wanna put a cap on it? Right here, yeah, we're an hour in it. We're an hour in. Yeah, yeah. Call it. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, you know what needs to happen. We just need to send Jeff Foxworthy to Ukraine. He'll, <laughs> he'll just he'll just talk to everybody. They'll just be like, you know what? He's right. We should just chill. Good point, Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> so, um, God bless Jeff Foxworthy. And um, that'll be it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. All right, swag, swag, swag. Hey, cheers, babes. I think we got it.